What is Paul asking Onesimus to obey? Let's talk about that today on the Midweek Move. Hello, welcome to Midweek Move, podcast extension of The Healing Place. It's the podcast where we examine the scriptures line by line, verse by verse, and ask ourselves, what is happening here? And today, ladies and gentlemen, we are joined once again by my good friend, Mr. Ben Schmaltz. How you doing, what brother? What is up? I'm wearing the same outfit that you are. I wore uh, last time. I, I'm actually pretty, it, it's a nice outfit. I think it's funny because <laughs> you you look like a Russian thug. And Do considering I? your <laughs> your uh, your lead uh, pastor was like, he planted like 20-some thousand churches in Russia. Yes. I was like... Yes. No, I, uh, I, this is definitely, um, I need to do more laundry outfit. That's what this is. It was all black. It all matched. I was like, you know, we're gonna throw it on. I mean, you look cool. I didn't even know the hat was Adidas and the sweatshirts looked like I really planned this out, but (laughs) I promise you that did not happen. The only thing throwing me off is the Nike, the Nike shoes. I didn't have, I didn't have Adidas, so I couldn't wear those, but yeah, the the striped shirt, you know, that kind of, that's great. Oh my goodness. Glad to be back. Glad to be back. Always a good time. It is a great time. Time. If you guys haven't been checking out our conversation over the last several weeks on the book of Philemon, it's been really fascinating. A lot of great conversation about forgiveness and grace. And last week, Ben and I uh, got into some really great personal stories. I want to encourage you guys, make sure you check those out. Make sure you check out the playlist we have on YouTube for the entirety book of Philemon. And do us a favor. Maybe if it's like, hey, this has been really beneficial to you and you're maybe using this as a tool for Bible study with your small groups at your church, let us know. We love to hear those stories, love to hear how these are encouraging you, how they're challenging you, and how these are equipping you for your walk with God. That being said, we're going to be wrapping up the book of Philemon today. Mm-hmm. Four weeks, one chapter, one it's book. One chapter. So much wealth here, so much richness. There's a lot more than in this book than I realized <laughs> as we began. You've been a couple, four weeks. Wow. Yeah. It's been it's a journey conversation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's jump into it. Verse yep. 17 says this. If then you count me as a partner, receive him as you would mm. me. Now, Paul is asking Philemon to evaluate their relationship. Yeah their relationship as as mentors, as brothers in the faith. He's asking Philemon to honestly ask himself, am I truly in fellowship with Paul? Do I truly trust what he says and believe in the same mm. God as him? Mm. If so, then he's asking him to see Onesimus, the fugitive slave, just as himself. Mm-hmm. He's going, if you really see me, if you're in fellowship with me, if we're in partnership together, I want you to look at this fugitive slave who owes you just like you look at me, mm. your mentor, mm. a man that has shown you grace, mm-hmm. a man who has walked you through some stuff, a man that has helped you in your walk with God. Uh, now, we already established earlier that as far as the situation in life, Onesimus and Paul, they're not very different. Right. They're both right. fugitives. They're both criminals. They're both uh, considered useless to mm-hmm. society mm. by social constructs. Both were considered... Uh, these things. Yet Philemon saw Paul as more than that. Now Paul asks him to see Onesimus as the same way. Yeah. So in the Christian experience, Ben, mm-hmm. we have this thing we call salvation. Yes. Where <laughs> sins are forgiven. Yeah. And God sees us not as sinners, but he sees us as sons. Yeah, come on. Daughters. As a leader, how do you actively work to see the world around you in the same light? Mm. Yeah, so a large part of what I do is student ministries with teenagers, uh, 6th to, to 12th grade, and 
um, this past summer, we did a thing on Sunday mornings just for, for junior high age. So sixth to eighth oh, wow. grade and, uh, just kind of build that group up. You know, mm-hmm. we, we had seen a lot of them coming on Sundays, but they weren't really connected. So we're trying to build that up and some, some group stuff. And so we had a little Bible study, uh, on Sunday mornings, we'd have worship with the adults and we'd break out. And, um, it was for a short time because that, anyway, uh, I, I learned this, that man, if you can see Jesus in a stank uh junior high kid <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't smell bad <laughs> uh if you can see jesus and somebody at, at that age that's just really trying to figure out life and figure out i mean they're they're still children but they're trying to be adult not even adults but teenagers and uh if you can find jesus you know the, it was it's it's i try to look at it as um not who they are right now in this moment mm-hmm. but who god sees them that they oh, could yeah, be yeah. the potential of what this individual could be. And, uh, sometimes it's easier with other kids, you know, some, but it seems like, and I've done youth ministry for a long time. It always seemed like the most difficult one was the one that God had his hand on as far as like a ministry calling or mm. something like that. And it was that one kid that kind of gave problems in, in the ministry and, and, in the, the group, uh, environment that, that would come out like years later, just crushing it as far as following Christ and, and bringing others to the Lord and they really get it and you, you're thinking man this kid is just not receiving the discipleship the teaching uh and then all of a sudden you know it's just like something changed we had a friend years ago and I, I wasn't the youth pastor at this time but I was in the youth ministry leading with my youth pastor and um alongside of him and he was just a difficult kid he's just a struggle he was a nerdy not just nerdy I mean we're nerdy but it was just mm-hmm. like he was like different he was just different from the, everybody else mm-hmm. and it was just hard it was hard to get along he tried to get along and then i remember he came to me he's like i play drums and i was like oh great you're gonna be one of be on the worship team so he did he got on the worship team and he could play a little bit and so we worked with him and he got better and uh man something clicked in this young man's life we went to a, a conference thing and it's something god had a moment and it mm. changed him he became one of my best friends he became one of the most influential students in our youth group uh just crushing it still to this day serving the lord with his family and yeah. serving their local church uh, i believe down in new orleans area somewhere and just an incredible guy uh and it's just one of those things it's like man if we just take time to love because i i was kind of forced to do that to sit because of the i was in the ministry so my youth pastor's like Hey, I'm tasking you. Go love this kid. Go pick him up. Go take mm-hmm. care of him. And I was like, okay, great. You know, <laughs> so <laughs> I would do it. And then it was it was a lot of frustrating moments. But like through that relationship, man, we became so close, and he became so influential. So I try to do that. Mm-hmm. Answer your original question with the world around me because I never know who I'm walking by. Yeah, you know, uh, you hear it all the time. You might be walking next to the next Billy Graham. You know, that may be true. You may have someone in your Sunday school class if you're a Sunday school teacher. Yeah, that may be Billy Graham one day. How are you loving them? How are you teaching them? How are we pushing people closer to Jesus? One of my life phrases that I like to use is in everything, point people to Jesus, mm. uh, regardless of where they are, regardless of where they've been, point them to Jesus. And and I think that's difficult to do. Uh, when we see the one kid that's got it all together and they, they know the Bible and they're, they know Christian, they're doing good. It's like, that's the kid I want to choose. And I mean, Jesus didn't do that. He chose 12 that were already outcast that were just ordinary people that weren't the top tier of their class. I'm not saying God can't use those people too, because those guys have great stories too. Absolutely. But don't belittle the world around you because you never know Mm. who the call of God on somebody's life and what God wants to do through somebody. So good. And you're right. It's so like, we don't know who we're, we're talking to. We don't know who we're dealing with. Uh, There was a, um, the kind of contrast you can, we could be, you could have Billy Graham in your, in your crowd at the same time. Uh, I heard a story and I don't know how true it is. So I'm not going to use 
real names, but there was a there is a particular satanic rocker, and I mean satanic. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not saying rock music's not the devil. I listen to a lot of rock music, but um, <laughs> but this guy is like legitimate worship Satan, yeah, and yeah. his his shows are legitimate dedication to Satan himself. And um, the story is though that when he was a young man, he went to a church. Mm. And um, he was part of a youth group and the youth pastor and the youth group were just grade A jerks to him, mm. belittled him, called him names, put mm. him to the side and he left that church. And the, and the story is that when he left that church, that's where it started Jesus. going down the road. So you could have Billy Graham in your crowd yeah, or you could or have you, the other kid in your crowd. All based off of their response to how you treat them and how you look at them and how you, man. Yeah. Wow. That's I good. mean, it's such a dynamic shifting. Jesus and, help us. Uh, exactly. And so, again, we, we need to see the world mm. as people who, you know, Come on. God sees them. These are sons. These are potential daughters. Yeah, right, right. And we have to present Christ in our actions, in our words, and yep. all these things to them because it changes things from that point yep. forward. Yep. So, so I, good. Uh, verse 18, can you read that for us? Yeah, I can. 18. Uh, but if he has wronged you or owes anything, put that on my account. <laughs> so Paul is mm. living out the example of Christ and taking on the debt owned by Onesimus, uh, by Onesimus' sin of theft. Uh, now, think about the implication here. Onesimus owed Philemon money in time. Mm. If mm. he couldn't pay, he would have to go to a debtor's prison mm-hmm. or he would have to pay with his life. Mm. And Paul says, I'm willing to take that on. I'm willing to risk debtor's prison. Now, Paul's in prison. Yeah. And we find out later, he's, you know, he's about to get out. Yeah. But he's going, if he owes you anything, I'll take that. Yeah. I'm willing to take on this debt. How do Paul's actions here speak to the mindset of imitating Christ that all believers should have? Well, again, and I watched or looked over the show notes, but we were going to go over today. Um, I... Just the, what I went to is, Lord, forgive me, because the list of people that I would be willing to do that for is probably about that that big. <laughs> right. It's not a lot of people, and they're all, probably all blood-related. Mm. And so I said, Lord, forgive me. Forgive mm-hmm. me for that, because I'm not looking at it like Paul looked at it, like you look at us. Uh, so forgive me for that. So it's even I'm wrestling now with with trying to do that better in my own life, is saying, mm-hmm. hey, would I be willing to take the debts of this could be potential knucklehead that isn't going to pay his debt or take care of his own responsibility mm-hmm. because I'm willing to go out on a limb for somebody's salvation or somebody's life and relationship with Jesus. Um, and it, and I say knucklehead. I mean, it could just, it may not be, maybe somebody I do love. Maybe somebody is I yeah. care for. Maybe it's one of my disciples that are following me that yeah. am I willing to do that? You know, am I willing to say, you know, this kid's struggling, but if he can get it right, mm-hmm. great. And if he can't, I'll take on that ownership because that's how much I believe in this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it just really made me think and wrestle with that. You know, am, am I doing that in my own life to where I can look at, uh, and again, it probably isn't everybody because there's some people that I haven't gotten to that point where you can really say, <laughs> but this guy obviously <laughs> had Paul has seen something in him to say, Hey, this guy, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, if he can't pay his debt, I'll take care of it. We're yeah. going to make it work. We're going right. to, we're going to figure out a way. I'll go to jail. I'll do pay the penalty. I'll do what right. it takes. Uh, and it spoke on his confidence of the person that he's following as well to say, yeah. I ain't got nothing to worry about. You know, I'm mm-hmm. going to go out on a limb for this guy and say I'm going to do that, but you're not going to have to worry about it. Right. It's an easy bet for Paul. It's, and, and his mindset is like, it's an easy bet for me. You yeah, know? yeah. You only make a bet that you're going to win. You know, that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of the thing. And I think that that's kind of too. We're not promoting gambling. No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Sorry, healing place. 
but you're right. You know, he, he, he has confidence in, yeah. you know, he's going, this is Onesimus, my son. Right. But he's talking to another son. Yep. He's talking to Philemon. He goes, I have confidence in what I taught you. Yeah. I have confidence in the amount of love you have for people. The, the same amount of love that he, 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 uh, he bragged on Philemon earlier in the chapter about how, gr- how loving he was. Mm-hmm. And so he's putting all his eggs in one basket going, yeah. I'm counting on you walking this out. I don't want you to do something because I'm, you know, demanding you do it. I mm-hmm. want this to be a natural outgrowth. He goes, now look, if you just have to have the debt paid yep. off. Yep. I got you. I'm, I'm here. Yeah. I will do that because yeah. I believe in what's taking place here. Yeah. No, I love that. All right. Verse 19. I, Paul, am writing with my own hand. Now, this is him basically saying, you know, this is his signature cosign yep. here. Yep. I will repay, not to mention to you that you owe me even your own uh, self besides. Paul is making it clear that he's mm. willing to take on the debt, but he's also asking Philemon to consider his own debt. Mm. He wants Philemon to remember the tremendous amount of grace Come on now. that he has received. Come on. Thanks to the teachings and discipleship of Paul. Yep. yep. <laughs> like this reflects the amount of indebtedness that we have to Christ. Yeah. He took on our debt. He showed us an abundance of grace and now asks us to do the same for others. Come on. Like this is a like and I, this is a I we had a conversation um last month. Uh Pastor Dana asked me to to teach in kids church. Um, here, and uh, we're talking about the unforgiving uh, servant and the unforgiving servant. Uh, the, for those who don't know the story, it's in Matthew. I forget where exactly specifically now, but he uh, there's a king. And he goes, "Hey, I'm, I'm collecting debts," and mm. the servant go has this a massive, I mean, just humongous debt. And he goes, "I, I can't do this, king. I, yeah. I don't have funds. There's no way I can do this." Yeah. And the king goes, "You know what? I forgive you. Yeah, here's grace." Mm. Debt's quite clean. Go on. Immediately, he goes out and finds a dude that owes him like four bucks. And he's yeah, like, give me my yeah, money, yeah. man. And when he got can, he throws him in jail. Yep. And the king gets mad at him. Yep. And he goes, I showed you a tremendous amount of grace. Yeah. And you do this? Yeah, right, right. And Paul's going, look, uh, look at the grace you have. Yeah, come on, man. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Why do we allow... Why do we treat people? How do we allow ourselves to treat people with such judgment mm. and and angst? Maybe that's right. Like just as we look at them and like our nose stuck up in the air, like mm-hmm. we're Christians, we got it better. I mean, you can look at it from you, people that believe different politics, and you look at it like, oh, those people are just lost. They don't know what they're talking about. Well, yes, yeah, so were you. You know, mm. so so was I. We yeah. Were, yeah. Well, I, I just don't understand how we can grow to a place where we forget about God's grace. Mm. I mean, every time I, we were in a worship song and grace comes up, I just am brought back to that time when I was a teenager just sitting in that altar. Got it. Been in church my whole life, but that moment it clicked. Mm-hmm. 12, 13 years old, that moment clicked. You know, Word. at a young age for many to receive Christ. But for me, it clicked. I was like, that's what it means to love yeah. Jesus. That's what God feels like. That's... And it's like, dude, every time I talk about grace, I go back to that moment. <laughs> How much wrong can you do when you're 12? Yeah, I get that. But it it took time for me to figure out. I need a lot more grace after 12. I still yeah. <laughs> need a lot more grace. <laughs> but but I had gotten it. And so I'm brought back to those moments. Like, why can we just remind ourselves? Mm. If he can do it for me, he can do it for them. Yeah. Uh, and show that grace to others. Yeah, oh, man. It's so good. It's it's a monumental thing. And we need to, we need to keep that in mindset. Um, one of the things I, I talk about with people is like, for me to go, I'm not going to forgive, mm. is for me to look at Jesus and go, 
Okay. My debt to you wasn't a big ordeal. Ooh. But their debt to me is bigger than that. Mm. You may have died on the cross for me, but this cat's going to have to die for me too. Well, now we're preaching. You know what I'm saying? Come on. It's it's a it's a it's a warped mindset and it's a selfish yes. mindset. Yes, yes. And it's one that we all I've been guilty of this. Sinful, I'm, sinful mindset. I'm not telling people yeah. something I I've not struggled with. I've been guilty of this going, man. Yeah. Yeah. All of us. Jesus. I mean, it okay. is a spit in the face of Jesus to not forgive people. Really? Because really? we're going, I mean, Jesus, so what you died for me? This guy owes me this. Yeah. And yeah. again, it's hard. It's this is legitimately, and not to say that the the people who have hurt you who are listening, somebody's hurt you. That's legitimate. That's a real feeling. That's a real thing that took place. It's not right. We're not justifying anything. Yeah. But Christ died on the cross so you could be forgiven. Yeah. We should forgive others. Yeah. I I don't want to get too much into the story. I don't think we have time to it. But I have a really good friend of mine who was shot and killed a couple of years ago. Mm. And many of people maybe listening to this know her story. Um, but that I saw finally saw the image of the guy that was convicted and um, put in prison basically for life, mm. uh, if not more than his life. Um, and I looked at that picture and I just felt this number one emotion, this anger, mm-hmm. this bitterness. And then I was reminded immediately thank the lord for the holy ghost immediately mm. of grace yeah and i'm not saying in that moment i was completely healed from that emotion because because hear me your emotions matter yeah, they're yeah. your emotion god created us to be emotional beings um but i was overwhelmed with the peace that immediately took place in my life because i was willing for it mm-hmm. i was saying lord you spoke okay god i started praying interceding for that guy and i pray that in prison, he finds Jesus Christ and becomes a, a saved young man and gets his life figured out. And 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 if God could do it for these guys, he could do it for me. He could do it for you. He could do it for that guy. And um, man, I just remember like like I wanted to be angry. I wanted to be upset. I had a right to be upset. He mm-hmm. murdered and stole uh, a friend, a loved one, a sister, even that I, I would consider a sister. Uh, man, just just somebody that was, she was my children's pastor at the time when I was a lead pastor and just I had every right to hold bitterness. So it's mm-hmm. not about your justified right to be angry or right. bitter. It's about the fact that Jesus who ultimately had the right to be angry with humanity, to want to start off with humanity, decided to send his only son for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believed in he willingly gave up everything to leave heaven, to come to earth, to die, mm. not to reign, not to rule, but to die. Mm-hmm. And we get so bent out of shape whenever ministry is tough for those of us that are ministry and doing mm. ministry. We get bent out of shape when the song that we love wasn't played or there's a song we really don't like and we didn't think it was that good or uh, a new vocalist gets up there and you're like, oh, that dude sounds like a billy goat. He don't sound, you know, whatever the case may be, we get a bit yeah. out of shape over these stupid things mm-hmm. that in reality, man, the grace of God, the love of God, to sit there knowing that we're not worth the dirt that we're living on. <laughs> mm-hmm. God said, I'll choose to love and forgive and to give you not one, but 2000 extra chances. If that's what it requires for you to get it right. And we have the, the audacity to look at somebody else and not have grace for them. Yeah. And to think, Oh, you stab me in the back. Man, how many times do I stab people in the back? Yeah. Have I not been there? Have I not been faithful? Have I messed up? Mm. Man, geez, it's just, 
and that that weight of the grace. And and it's not to to make you feel sorry today. It's not to make you feel depressed today. It's to give you hope and to say, hey, those bitterness and those anger, those feelings, God has opportunity for healing, and we have to receive it and be willing to wrestle with yeah. those emotions and say, God, I give them to you. Word. I, I saw another picture of that guy, and I had to re fight that same battle because those emotions are still yeah, there. And, absolutely. And uh, man, just when we apply God's grace, great things can happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I want to put this out there. This is, this is not in our notes, but that same grace we're asking you guys to show people have that same grace for yourself. Ooh. There's some of you guys are listening right now and you are so struggling with the concept of, of God can't love me. God can't forgive me. You've given your life over, but you still haven't forgiven yourself for what you've walked through yes. or what you've done, what you did, yes. or maybe your personal struggles. Like you're trying to do right, but you keep messing up in some yes. fashion. Have grace. Come on. Forgive yourself because again, Jesus says, I love you. I care about you. Love yourself. So good. We teach here, you know, the, the greatest commandment is love the Lord God with all your heart, heart, soul, mind. Yes. And what's the second one that been? Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. You can't forgive the people around you until you've forgiven yourself. So love yourself. Mm. Have grace. Forgive yourself and yeah. walk it out. Some of you trying to love your neighbor and you don't love yourself. Well, I'll be. Lord <laughs> bless us. Help us. Right? Jesus, that's you know, altar call. <laughs> I was gonna pray. Dallas will take up all of them. That's so good, though. Oh man, man, that's so good. Thank that you. That was just one of those ones, man. That's hit me. No, oh, that's great. All right, let's rock and roll. Uh, read verse 20 for us, brother. Verse 20, yes. Uh, yes, brother. It's a, hey, it's yes, brother. <laughs> there you go. Let me have joy for, oh, excuse me, from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in the Lord. Man, this statement tells people. Philemon, that the act of grace towards Onesimus is not just about refreshing Onesimus, mm. but it's about encouraging him too. It's mm. about, I find joy when I see that you're walking in what I've taught you. I find grace. I find excitement when I see you doing this, when you're when you're loving people, when you're showing them. So I want to ask you this, because again, this is Paul talking to somebody that he sees as a son, a spiritual son. You're, you're a dad. You're a father. Yeah. Of some uh, amazing young ones. Um, as a father, what's it like when you see your boys responding to your teachings, walking them out, small things, not necessarily in the moment, but like later you're like, I yeah. taught my kid that. Yeah. Yeah. So I have two and they're very different. Uh, uh, my son is seven. His name's Joseph. And then my daughter is four and she is, um, they're just totally different people. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I, I say I pastor them. I don't pastor them. I father them. But, but sometimes it's like, is there much difference anyway? Uh, but I'm son. I, I was really like, I wanted to disciple him at a young age and really make sure he understood God. And I had to kind of back away because I still want to be a kid. You know, mm -hmm. I was, I was getting really theologically <laughs> deep and confusing my son at a young age. And I was like, okay, maybe right, that's son, a little much. Five, I never parented pneumatology. Before. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I never parented before. So, you know, you'll, you'll learn. The second one is the other, it's totally opposite end. And right. anyhow, so I was talking to Joseph the other day, and he he goes to a private school. They teach the Bible. They have Bible classes, and he's we pass by a public school every day, and it's got a lot longer school than his. It's a lot longer car line, and, and we're driving by, and he's like, "Dad, why is my school so much harder than that school?" And I said, "Well, it makes you think your school is harder than that school, son." And he said, "Well, you told me they don't do Bible." I was like, "Well, yeah, that's right. They don't teach the Bible." And he said, well, "Why don't they teach the Bible?" And I was like, "Well." Joseph, that's, that's, you know, not everybody believes in the Bible. And then I love this because you saw him 
hearing some of our conversations in the past. And he said, oh, no, Daddy, I wish they did. Mm. The Bible's so good. God's so good to us. I wish they taught that. <laughs> and my seven-year-old has just got the heartbeat of the Lord, and, and I hope it stays that way for all of his life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, what? He learned that, you know? He did, he, yes, he has a relationship with God. I, right. I, we've baptized him. He really gets it. He does. Um, but but he's heard that. It yeah. was taught to him. And, man, it. my heart was like, I, I might have got the new, new knowledge. Pneumatology. <laughs> Thank you. I couldn't even say it. <laughs> so I didn't teach him that. But, uh, obviously, hermeneutics. Or whatever. I might have been too deep in, into that stuff, but something caught. Something stuck. And my son realizes the value of studying God's word, although he doesn't understand it in full mm. and he's seven. So he's, he can only capture so much, but he mm. understands love mm. and he knows God is love and he gets that. So something is sticking. So when I see my son paying attention to those things, more than just like, Hey, clean up your room. And does he clean up his room or not? No, because he's seven, you know, mm. so it takes a couple of times. Uh, but having grace for all those situations, he's getting that dude. Dude, let's let's go. I'm I'm fired up. I don't work. care. He's got a C in one of his classes. Okay, we can work on that. You know, <laughs> but he's got the heartbeat of what God is and right. that God loves and that he wishes all those kids could hear the same mm. gospel that he gets to hear on a regular basis. Praise God for his school. Shout out to Providence. They do a great job. <laughs> uh man, and that's not a shameless plug for them or anything. I'm just grateful for a culture of people that will teach help teach my son the word of God. Word. And he's valued it, you know. And yeah. so um Man, we, and I told him, this is what my answer was to him. Well, son, it's important for you. We have you in that school to learn God's word because there's going to come opportunity down the road in your life for you to share that word with others that don't believe yet. Mm. And we need you to know the word of God. And yeah. he said, oh, okay, dad, I can do that. I can learn the word of God. You know, he's fired up about going. And and he was going to drop, we have junior Bible quiz at our, at our church and where they learn the Bible and they learn all their quizzes and they do all this stuff. And he's really not too interested in it, to be mm -hmm. honest. Uh, but he feels committed because he loves his teacher that teaches. And so uh, since that conversation, I've seen Joseph wanting to go to the Bible quiz. He's wanting to go to the tournament. He's wow. wanting to do this stuff. And I'm like, man, maybe. I didn't push that. I don't ask him. I'm not going to bring it up to him. But maybe like that conversation stirred a desire to say, hey, let's let's do more. What can yeah. I do? And he's seven. So if we can do that with seven-year-olds, you know, if we can be excited as a father looking at their children, having grace for them, they're going to make mistakes. They're going to make mess ups. They're not going to have it right. Their story is not going to be perfect. No story in the Bible. Abraham, uh, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, all the way, Noah, all the way, mm. uh, all those guys they didn't get it right. Yeah. They had mistakes, but it was about the story and the trust and their dependence on the father. And, uh, man, dude, if, if we can learn anything from fathering kids is, is have patience. Cause yeah. man, I need patience. I need some patience from the Lord because I don't have it all together either. Yeah. So, so good. So good. All right. Verse 21, uh, it says this, having confidence in your obedience, I write you knowing that you will do even more than I say. So here's the question to date. Paul's not actually made any commands of Philemon. Mm -hmm. He's never said Philemon, you're going to do this. Yeah. I, Paul, the apostle, the man who raised you, you're going to do this. Mm. So he's only appealed to Philemon. So what is Philemon supposed to be obeying here? Yeah, well, you wrote the answer for me, which I appreciated because <laughs> uh, I probably would have not gotten it right. No, I'm just kidding. Um, well, I think two things. I think one is what you wrote, and, and I'll let you maybe share on that. But but I would say the word obedience is what he's being asked. He's being asked to obey. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes we, we position ourselves behind leaders 
that as Paul, follow me as I follow Christ, these leaders in my life, my pastor that I work with and work for, I've positioned myself under his umbrella of authority that if he mm-hmm. asked me, not obviously if it doesn't line up with scripture, that's a totally different conversation. Word. But if it's like, hey, Ben, I really need you to do fill in the blank. Could you do that? I have to have a willingness to say yes. Or if he says, hey, I see this in your life. You need to deal with this. This is not godly. Instead of being like, well, who does he think he is? You know, like I have to be willing to say, okay, let me obey this person and authority over my life, you know, and, and, uh, obviously for me, my leaders, those that's earned like those, mm-hmm. those guys I've watched them. I've walked with them. I've lived. So anybody that I consider my leader is not just somebody that just has a title. Like it's people that, that I trust and I really follow. Uh, and I'm sure Philemon does with Paul, you know, obviously Paul has a good track record. He's a little, <laughs> little, uh, little influential, uh, great man of God. And so this goes a long way, but he's asking him to obey, uh, and specifically to obey, your answer was the the command to love. The command to love. Again, we have the you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind. Love your neighbor as yep. yourself. And he's telling him he knows this. This is what he's been yep. taught by Paul. Yeah. And he's going obey this. Yep. Obey the great commandments. That's it. Love people. Love yeah. this man that's in front of you. That's literally standing in front of you with this letter. Yep. That has done you wrong. Yeah. Love him. Yeah. Like you love me. And I love the guy that's done you right your entire life. Love right. the guy that's <laughs> super messed up and yeah. is not perfect. Love that guy. Yeah. That's that's where the commandment really gets a little difficult. Can yeah. we really love, you know? <laughs> exactly. All right, let's wrap this up. 22 mm-hmm. through 25. Uh, but meanwhile, also prepare a guest room for me, for I trust that through your prayers I shall be granted to you. Uh, and this is where we start talking about names nobody can pronounce. Uh, that I can't pronounce. Uh, Epiphoris, uh, my fellow prisoner. Hey, that was good. <laughs> In Christ, uh, Jesus greets you. As do Mark, um, Archicius, uh, Demas, Luke, and uh, my fellow uh, my fellow laborers. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Uh, be with your spirit. Amen. Amen. So he's wrapping this up, um, asking finally to prepare a place in anticipation of his soon release. Mm-hmm. And so, which in and of itself, it's like Philemon's reading this message, and it's almost like Paul's like, all right, so do all these things. Here's this Philemon. Our Onesimus, by the way, I'll be there soon to see what's going yep. on. Yep. So Philemon's like, oh, he's, gonna be, he's coming. But um, he's also since the regards from co-labors, mm-hmm. which is interesting because these are the same people mentioned in the book of Colossians. And uh, in our intro to the book of Colossians, or to Philemon, I talked about how uh, there's some questions as to if this was written at before the book of Colossians or mm-hmm. maybe it's the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the arguments against this being written at the same time, but rather this being written beforehand is this passage right here. They're asking, why would Paul say mention these people twice mm-hmm. if they're going at the same time? Um, to me, both letters are, have specific purposes. They're for different things. So I can see it doing it, him doing it twice. I don't think it's big enough deal to make an issue yeah. about it. Yeah. But, um, but this is how, it is all being wrapped up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask Ben here what his big takeaway is for this last chapter and actually for the yeah. whole book. Yeah, the and, whole book. But we want to hear from you guys. What are your thoughts on Philemon? How has this encouraged you? How has this challenged you? How has this maybe stirred you to maybe, maybe you need to go forgive somebody, maybe even yourself. Let us know. Leave comments on YouTube uh, or you can re- uh, message us on Facebook. Just look for Midweek Move on Facebook or email us at mediahub at thbstreetport.com. So Ben, what's your big takeaway? Yeah, big takeaway is this. Who in your life have you given permission to speak into you? Mm. Uh, Many Christians, 
failure that I see across the board, and I have struggled at times myself, um, is allowing leadership to speak into us. Uh, we're okay with Jesus speaking to us, mm. uh, but the model that Jesus has set up is spiritual authority through man or woman or whatever leader. You know, not not gender specific in that in that case, but. Uh, <laughs> He set up somebody in your life, and, and, and so many Christians will go and they won't submit to a house, they won't mm. submit to a pastor, they won't submit to a leader, and they think that that they're on the same level as their leader. And I'm not saying that you're, you know you're better or worse, but it's like if you're not allowing somebody to call in the junk in your life, then you'll never see the junk. Right. Uh, and I I've had to deal with that. I've had to struggle with the fact that hey, here comes this guy that I've given authority speaking to me, he speaks into me, and then I'm like offended. Oh, how dare you? What well, that's what you asked me to do. You asked me to be that leader for you. Yeah. Uh, because oftentimes we don't see the area, the hurdles we need to jump over. Mm-hmm. And uh, it'd be like the blind leading the blind, and we're just out, man. Who are you submitting to? So my, my final thought is to ask that question. If you're Philemon or uh, Philemon or whatever. <laughs> pronounce his name the right way a theologian will tell us again uh hopefully we learned from the last episode how to say that the right way i have not obviously um but who are we allowing who's the paul in our life Mm. that can call out our stuff that can say hey deal with this foresee you may struggle with accepting this guy who wronged you uh here's what you need to do before he gets there and he's like well he's already here but here's what i need to do you know and and working this out and who in your life is that guy or gal and go with it. Submit to them. Let it be somebody you trust. Let it be somebody you know has a track record. But yeah. also in the same sense, don't be offended when they come to you and say, hey, I see. Now, again, they may be wrong. There's a chance that they're wrong. Mm-hmm. But, man, I've grown so much because of leaders that I've allowed to speak into my life. So and, good. And uh, who's, who's doing that for you? Awesome. Good stuff. All right, guys. Well, until next time, have a great week. <laughs>